What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. I'm your host, Matt. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode. And on today's podcast, I'm joined by UNH freshman Avery Myers. However, before we get to her interview, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow our social media accounts on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at College Hockey Talk. Also, follow our Spotify page and subscribe to our Apple Podcast page and leave a rating and review. Doing these things helps our podcast grow and helps new people find us. And I really appreciate it if you did those things. Now, like I mentioned earlier, our guest today is UNH freshman Avery Myers. We talk about many things throughout this interview. We talk about how her first year went with UNH, and we also talk about her hockey journey being from North Dakota. And at the end of this podcast, I talk about what happened in the women's tournament last night and Monday night, and I preview the Frozen Four matchups uh, for this weekend. It should be fun. So thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode, and let's not waste any more time. Here's the interview with Avery. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by freshman from the UNH hockey team, Avery Myers. Welcome to the podcast, Avery, and how's everything going? Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, things are going all right. I mean, it's tough to lose, and uh, I have your league be playing and you're not in it, but we got to play this year. So that's what matters. Yeah, definitely. And now that your first year in college hockey is over, uh, what are some things you have taken away from your experience so far at UNH? Yeah. I mean, I loved it here. I loved going to the rink every day. It was fun. We're, we're in a great league. Hockey East is it's got some of the best players at this age and uh, you just always have to be ready. Every team in this league, you're not going to play a bad team. So now, are you working on anything right now regarding to your game? Are you trying to take a little bit of a break and focus on classes right now? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's A break is nice. Uh, probably in the summer I'll start training um, really hard. But for now, I'm just probably lifting weights and getting on the ice when I can. Yeah, and uh, I want to start off this podcast talking about the hockey's playoffs that you were just in. Uh, what was it like being Holy Cross on the first game of the playoffs and beating them on home ice? And talk about the positive momentum that game brought to your team heading into Northeastern on Sunday. Yeah, that game was crazy. We were in uh, quarantine for 10 days before that. We got out um, the morning of our game, and so we're all, we all had adrenaline going. We hadn't practiced in 10 days, and um, we played as a team, and – we got the win, which is what matters. It was it was awesome. We were we were very happy that we could we could pull that one off. Yeah, not playing in ten days or practicing in that matter. How did you try to prepare for Holy Cross? Um, not having that much time to prepare on the ice. Yeah, our trainer gave us some workouts to do in our little quarantine room. Did that, and I mean we um, we mentally prepared. We visualized winning and. So, yeah, definitely. And that first period really stood out to me because you guys really brought the goal scoring like right away. Like you guys scored two goals and Holy Cross really had trouble catching up. How important were those two goals for that game? Oh, yeah. I mean, those are a game changer. Uh, We got the first one and then we just put two more in after and we had it. Now, you unfortunately lost to Northeastern in the playoffs. So talk about that game. And what do you think you could have done better in that game? Yeah, that. That's a good team, and uh, I just think 
they held us off. We were trying to get more shots on net. We needed to have more opportunities. And uh, we got a few opportunities in the first, and we just have to capitalize on those against that good team. They're going to they're gonna get some chances, and they're going to capitalize every time when they get those good chances. Yeah, and how do you try to def- defensively prepare for a team like Northeastern? Because they have several players that can score multiple goals and win the game on their own. Yeah, you definitely have to be prepared. Uh, you have to be aware and um, of who's on the ice. I mean, they have – they have some pretty good players that, I mean, their whole team is good, but those top players, if they get the puck, you you have to be aware and you have to be on them right away. Now, have you been watching any of the other playoff games that have happened in the semifinals? Yeah, I watched uh, I watched a little bit of each game last night. Yeah, what's your, what were your thoughts on the games? Because they're pretty tight for uh, throughout uh, most of the periods, especially in that Providence main game. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, that that overtime goal that was a nice that was a nice play a nice pass and uh, the UConn and Northeastern game that was very close like they got it on the penalty kill but it was a close game definitely and how was playoff hockey different than regular season hockey especially since it, this year it was single elimination yeah I mean records don't matter in playoffs it's whoever comes to play is gonna win and um, that's that's all there is to it whoever comes whoever shows up is gonna win the game. Do you like single elimination more than just a series, like a five or six game series or seven game series? Um, yeah, I think I think it was good for us this year having single elimination. I think there's kind of like a positive and negative to it because I think series bring out the best in both teams and it really it's kind of the drama that happens throughout the weekend, which is really cool. But also single elimination, it increases the up uh, chances for upsets to happen, which yep. also makes it fun as well. Yeah, for sure. Now, your team had a lot of success throughout the regular season. You beat the number eight team in the country in Boston University, and then you also beat Northeastern in a shootout. How important are those type of wins for your team, especially in the regular season? Yeah, they're very important. I mean, it gets us gets us feeling confident. It gets us excited for the rest of the season for playoffs. We know we can beat these teams. We beat, um, I think, Northeastern's number one in the country right now. We beat them, and so it got us got us going and it got us thinking like okay we beat them once we can do it again now you guys have a lot of freshmen on your team how are you going to use your first year experience to help you guys uh, for your next three years at UNH and do you think you're just going to keep improving uh, moving on throughout your college hockey career yeah definitely um we have a lot of freshmen obviously like you said and they're all very skilled very talented um and I think that we'll definitely just continue getting better. I mean, this year was, it was different, but now we know what to expect. We know how to train. We know um, what it takes. We know what this, what playing at this level is like. And so we know what to do to get better. Yeah. And obviously next year should be hopefully a normal season compared to this one without like all the weekly schedules that hockey East is doing. Is that going to be a relief for you not doing with all the changes that have happened for this year? Oh yeah. Especially for me, I like to know, uh, I like to know my plans ahead of time, and so it was, it was tough. And definitely getting some games canceled and then having off weekends, uh, obviously we were all upset about that. We all love playing, so it'll be nice to have a regular scheduled year next year. Yeah, and uh, since it was your first year in college hockey, how did the upperclassmen help you guys transition into college hockey in this unusual year, and who in particular helped you out the most? Uh, yeah, they were all great. Um, I got even texts before I got here just um, asking how I was doing, letting um, letting me know things. And they were all just – they were all really helpful. They they got the – they got the team going, and they kept us positive throughout this year. Sometimes it was hard, but they kept us up. 
Yeah, definitely. And I want to talk about some of the changes that happened this year compared to other seasons in college hockey. The first one was no fans in the stands. Was that an adjustment for yourself, not playing in front of any fans, especially at Whittemore Center when the ice and the crowd size is really big? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would have rather had fans. I mean, you score a goal and you want to you wanna go jump into all the fans, but it's I, I kind of was just focusing on we got to play, and I was very thankful for that. Um, next year, we'll do some celebrations with the fans, but for now. Yeah, definitely. With the whole whiteout and the student section, uh, what cell are you going to do the first time when you see that student section? I don't know. It's going to be after. It's going to have to be a big one. I'm going to have to plan that one out for next year. Can I give you a suggestion? You know Alex Ovechkin where he just runs and slams into the glass? You should do something like that. I'll I'll do that next year, my first goal at the home rink. Awesome, and we'll clip this. And when you do, we'll definitely uh, post it on our social media platforms, and I can say I called it. So (laughs) now – um, you also had a lot of schedule changes throughout the season, as you just alluded to. How did you mentally stay prepared for all those changes and postponements to your schedule? And was it hard maintaining flexibility for this year? Yeah, I think uh, we just – we knew uh, our coaches kept telling us, I mean, we have to be ready for anything and everything. Um, we have to be able to adapt to all these tough situations. So I guess we just always kind of stayed ready. Um, we had some open weekends that – we ended up getting games in last minute and we knew that was a possibility. And so we just, we tried to stay prepared. Yeah. And how'd you try to prepare for opponents with such short notice? Because I know during a regular season, you try to pre-scout and find some of their opponents' tendencies to go against, especially as a forward and trying to figure out how to score goals on the opposing goalie. How'd you try to prepare for this season? Not knowing, not knowing who you're going to play in such such short notice. Yeah, we, we got uh, some video in on the weekdays when we knew who we were going to play that weekend. But otherwise, if we had a last-minute game, we just we just had to go out there and play our game. And um, we didn't really get much uh, scouting time before those those weekends. So, And another thing that was introduced to college hockey this year, which I'm a fan of, is three-on-three overtime. Uh, what has that been like for yourself being an offensive player and having more space on the ice and having more chances to score goals in that overtime setting? Yeah, definitely. Like you said, there's a lot of space. There's a lot of time. So I, I think if you got possession, you're in, a, you're in a good spot. And it's just, yeah, it's a good opportunity to score some goals. And does those situations make you more defensively sound? Because if you make one little defensive mistake, it can cause an odd man rush and can cause goals for the opposing team. Yeah, I think that possession is is key, and you don't want the other team to get the puck because that could be that could mean game over. Yeah, definitely. And the, another reason why I like three on three overtime so much is because it eliminates ties. And I'm not a fan of ties. I'm assuming you're not a fan of ties either. Um, how, how is that really for yourself, not know, knowing at least you're going to get a result at the end of the day, even though it might be a loss? Yeah, I, I definitely would like to play out the game. I, I, don't, I don't like ties either. Now, thinking of looking back at this year, what do you think is the biggest improvement you've made to your game uh, since your last year with the Ice Cougars? Yeah, I think I think this year I've uh, found my little nick to put the puck in the net a little more. I mean, um, I know the things I've got to work on, but yeah, I would say my goal scoring ability has definitely gotten better this year. Yeah, did you work on anything during the off season to prepare for that goal scoring knack? And what did you do during the off season to prepare for the season, especially with since there was so much uncertainty around it? 
Yeah, um, I had a lot of opportunities where I live in Fargo. We've got great coaches and camps being run all the time. So I shoot pucks and stick handle at a camp almost every day. And that that's really helpful. And then I, I skated a lot this summer too. Yeah, and were, uh, as were gyms closed and were, was ice time hard to find uh, where you were from? Because I know some places had that issue. Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty uh, – there wasn't – uh, many rules where I lived. Uh, I went to the gym a lot, and it was always open. And I I did get a lot of ice this summer too. So, did, do you feel like that gave you sort of an advantage uh, this year in college hockey compared to other players that didn't have that advantage of going to the ice as much as you did? Yeah, I mean, I think at first uh, people were probably a little more tired when we were skating at the preseason skates here but other than that I think they got right back into it after a few weeks of practice and stuff. Now when did you arrive to UNH and what was the process for preparing this for this year with the team? I got here in late August and uh, for a while we just we just had lifts the ice wasn't in the rink yet so um, we just lifted 6am lifts and then we did get some ice in a different town and we had to split up in groups and each skate um, in separate groups. And then we, we did that for about two weeks and then we got back on our ice. Yeah, and what was the biggest adjustment you had to make to college hockey, especially going against some of the best players in the country in hockey East, like you just mentioned earlier on in the podcast? Yeah, the speed is a, a huge jump. Um, hockey East is, has very talented and um, fast players here, so definitely the speed yeah and how did you adjust to the mental side of the game making quicker decisions with the puck yeah like I said like the speed so they're on you a lot faster you have to make decisions faster so that's that's harder that that is an adjustment but I think I think I did all right with that and you're also going against players that are four or five years older than you are uh, was that adjustment going against players that have more experience yeah um, it's definitely it's definitely uh, an adjustment. I mean, I play in the summer. I play with girls that are four or five years older than me. But for playing a whole season with people that have that much more experience than me, yeah, that's an adjustment. And that'll be a benefit to me next year that I have a year under my belt. Yeah, definitely. Now, I want to start off. I want to transition and talk about the beginning of your hockey career before you went to UNH. Uh, you're from Fargo, North Dakota. How did you start playing hockey and falling in love with the sport? Yeah, my dad, he, he played hockey all of his life. He still plays. I skate with him at men's league. And so he got uh, my sister into it first. And then I, I started skating with them. And my brother also plays. So it's just kind of a family thing. Yeah, and having siblings that play hockey, um, how do, you, do you guys go at each other all the time during practice and games? Oh, yeah, it's a competition. My sister and I, we played, we played on a lot of teams together. And it was always a competition. It was really fun. Now, I, I've never been to Fargo, North Dakota. I really don't know much about North Dakota, to be honest with you. What's the hockey scene like there? Uh, it's growing. Definitely in Fargo, uh, we have the Fargo Forest, a USHL team. So, I mean, there's there's kids looking at that team, and they're like, I want to play there. And it uh, it gets them motivated to work hard and try to get to these higher levels. I know North Dakota hockey, the college hockey team, is really huge up in North Dakota. Did you ever get to go to any of those games, and did that inspire you as well? Yeah, that's always a dream of uh, North Dakota kids to go to UND, but unfortunately they don't have their women's hockey program anymore. But, yeah, I've, 
I've played played my state tournaments in that rink and played a lot of summer tournaments in that rink, toured the locker rooms. It's it's a crazy atmosphere there. Definitely. And do you think it's the best atmosphere in college hockey, at least on the men's side? Oh yeah. <laughs> if not if not the best, it's pretty close. Yeah, definitely. And um who was your who was your favorite player growing up? Um are you talking professional level or just anyone? Anyone in general, honestly. I would have to say my sister, uh, me and her, we we work out in the summer together and I just, she motivates me and gets me going, so. Now, before UNH, you played for your high school team in Fargo South. Uh, talk about your high school hockey experience and what did you take away from it? Um, it was it was a lot of fun. I, I loved those years of um, my hockey career. Um, my sister and I, those are some of the years we got to play together and it was a lot of fun. We our team was pretty good. We made it to the state championship too many times and lost too many times, but uh, it was fun. Yeah, what's it like going to those state championships and just the atmosphere that you experience? Because I know in Minnesota, it's really big, and they kind of sell out the XL Energy Center. Is it the same thing for North Dakota? Um, it's definitely not as big as um, the Minnesota State Tournament, but we got a lot of fans, and it was crazy. It was nerve-wracking, and it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and being in that setting at such a young age, uh, did you ever take the moment to just uh, embrace the atmosphere? Because I know you're always focused on the game and trying to win, but do you ever try to take that two to three seconds just to embrace the atmosphere and appreciate where you are? Yeah, I mean, in high school, I think it was just like, we got to win this game. But I got here and I'm like, this is crazy. This is This rank is crazy. This is amazing. Now, looking back at your time with Fargo, uh, your high school hockey team, what was your favorite memory? I think we had a stick it to cancer game and I got a hat trick. Um, and that was when my sister and I played together. She got, she got some assists on my goals and it was, it was a good experience. Yeah. And playing with a sibling, is there any kind of connection that you guys have that you really can't explain? Because I've noticed that with siblings that play on the same team, that they have a good connection yet. You can't really explain why. Yeah. Uh, my sophomore year, I definitely had one of the best years that I've ever had. And, uh, she had an even better year than me, but I think we just we just work really well together, and it was just, it was a connection. And it, it was good. Now um, you also played for the Minnesota Ice Cougars as well. Um, how'd you get the opportunity to play there? Yeah, so I trained with Frank Burgraff from he he's from Fargo as well, and he worked really hard to try to be able to get us something that we would get more exposure, play better competition, and just have a lot more games. And so he connected with a coach from the cities and he got a few of us Fargo girls that trained with him to uh, be able to play on that team. And that's how it happened. Yeah. And um, how did those experiences at Fargo and with the ice Cougars help prepare you for college hockey? Yeah, I think um, in high school, I just, I mean, I loved it. It was so much fun. I've always loved hockey, but um, when I played for the ice Cougars, we got, we got a lot more games and, um, it was against better competition, so it really uh, prepared me to play here better than in North Dakota. So, Yeah, and you also participated in some USA national camps where you absolutely killed it, by the way. Uh, what were those experiences like at those camps? And talk about the success that you had. Those, those were fun weeks. I mean, my first year at national camp, um, I, had, I just had so much fun. I, I knew some players on my team, and we ended up all getting really close. And I mean, when you're having fun, you, you just, you do better on the ice. So it was a good year for me there. 
Yeah, definitely. And you're also playing some of the best competition in the country. How does that elevate your game and help your hockey development? I think for me as a player, I play better against better competition. At, um, I mean, so, yeah, those those players there, they're some of the best at um, at that age. So. Yeah, and um, talk about your recruiting process. What was that like for yourself, and what made you want to come to the East Coast and play for UNH? Um, I was kind of looking. Like, I knew I wanted to play college hockey all throughout high school, so I was looking around. I was touring and visiting different schools, and um, I played in the Beantown tournament in Boston, and so I decided to visit some schools out east and check them out. Um, I looked at UNH and I, I loved it. I loved everything about it. I mean, I visited three schools in, in a few days and I, I bought a sweatshirt from UNH. Uh, so I, I just felt this was the place. Yeah. And uh, hasn't it been an adjustment for yourself being far away from home for the first time? Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely different. It feels like this year is just like a movie. I, I mean, I didn't get to go home for Christmas, and that was hard. But otherwise, I mean, we've been playing hockey, so it's kept me busy, and I'm just really thankful that we've been able to have a season. Yeah, and especially since your family hasn't been able to go to the games, has that been tough as well? And how do you try to stay connected with your family back home? Yeah, we definitely FaceTime and text a lot, but they've been wanting to come out for some games, so hopefully next year they're able to. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Now, how have you tried to balance academics and hockey at such an elite level? And how's school going for you, especially since it's online? Yeah, school's going well. It was hard to adjust with all the online stuff at first. It was hard to figure out um, how to locate everything and what was due and everything. But we have a study hall here we go to for five hours a week or whatever. And it really helps us get our stuff done. And so we have a lot of resources. Yeah, and the one thing about Zoom classes that is nice, at least, is you get, can just get out of bed and go straight to class. You don't have to, like, walk across campus and just go to class. That's, like, one positive I try to take away from it. Yeah, that's definitely a nice part of it. Now, the one thing I don't like about um, online classes is the Zoom breakout rooms. I don't know if you've had to deal with that experience, but they're absolutely brutal. No one talks, and I freaking hate it. Uh, do you have the same experience with that? Yeah, definitely. It's it's, it's awkward. Nobody talks to them. <laughs> now, also, have you had the chance to explore the UNH campus and what is that like? Because I've never been there before, believe it or not. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful campus. I haven't I haven't been everywhere because I haven't had really any in-person classes. Um, and so but yeah, like it's so close to the ocean. Um, when it was warm out, I would go surfing. My roommate surfs, so she lives on Hampton Beach. So we went surfing. She taught me how to surf and I love it here. It's crazy. Yeah. How's surfing and how do you learn? Because it seems pretty difficult. I have yet to learn. I surf at, I wake surf at the lakes back home, but it's a lot different here in the ocean. Yeah. Uh, what's the key for it though, especially since your roommates kind of have the experience. Did you kind of embarrass yourself a little bit trying to learn how to balance on those waves? Oh yeah. I, I, I didn't catch one yet this year, but I'll work on it. That's awesome. Now, you were talking about earlier how you have to play some of the best competition in Hockey East. What's it like being a player in Hockey East and talk about the competition you face every night because even the lowest ranked team is going to give you a challenge? Yeah, it's... You're not going to play a bad one. You have to be ready for every game. Um, otherwise, I mean, you're probably not going to get the best outcome if you're not, if you're not ready because these teams, they're going to take advantage of that and they're all... 
they're all very good. Oh, we're now in the non-hockey segment of the podcast where I ask you some non-hockey questions. This is a lot of people's favorite segment of the podcast. My first question to you is uh, what music do you like to listen to, whether it's before a game or just in general? Um, I like country. Nice. Who's your go-to artist? Hmm. I like Kane Brown. I saw him in concert, so he's pretty good. Nice. Is he just as good as in, in concert as is listening to him like online? Yeah, he had a good he had a good live concert. That's good. I'm more of a Thomas Rhett guy. I think he makes good songs. He makes a good variety of songs. Some are pretty poppy. Some are good country as well. So I think he does a good job in that. Oh yeah, he's definitely one of my favorites too. Uh, any? Do you listen to country before music or before games? And uh, how does does or if you do, how does that pump you up? Like, what's your pump up song? Um, we we listen to music in the locker room as a team. It's kind of just like uh, pump up music, but. Um, weirdly sad music sometimes gets me motivated it's like okay <laughs> yeah um, who controls the ox in the locker room Tamara Theorist usually has the ox does she play good stuff yeah she's got right. she's got good tunes that's good because that stinks if uh, they're not playing anything good in the locker room it's kind of brutal <laughs> to get through yeah uh, who had the best warm-up mix uh, when you went on the road any good anyone good ones I didn't actually really pay attention to that. I'll have to I'll have to look out for that next year and let you know. All right. That's a good thing, though. You need to focus on the game. I'm just a fan, so I like listening to the warm-up music sometimes. It gets me <laughs> fired up. So I got to respect that, though. Now, what is your biggest pet peeve? Hmm. Biggest pet peeve? Probably, like, a squeaky noise or, like, nails on the chalkboard noise, something like that. Mine would definitely be when someone doesn't cover their mouth when they sneeze or cough. It's pretty disgusting, especially now since we're in the middle of a pandemic. So my advice to anyone who's listening to this podcast is please cover your mouth when you sneeze or cough. It is not pleasant to see, and it really bothers me. Now, uh, what is since you're from North Dakota and you're talking about surfing, uh, what's your favorite outdoor activity to do? Yeah, I would definitely say surfing. I'm at the lakes a lot, and um, I drive down to Minnesota, and I'm at the lakes a lot, and I love doing that. Is it are lakes better than the beaches? Because I, I'm more of a beach person, being from the East Coast. It's nice. It's nice to not like um, get your eyes with, filled with salt water. Sometimes that really burns. So the lake water, it's. I think I like that better. I can agree with you on that. Now, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? That's a good question. Uh, lunch with anyone in the world. I feel like I would choose someone just like... Maybe one of the Lamoureux sisters. They've, they've made it pretty far in life and they've done some pretty cool things. So maybe see how they got there and stuff. But. Yeah, especially since they're from they're from North Dakota, right? Yeah, I've actually uh, um, surfed with them one time. So. Oh, nice! Both of them yeah. are just one of the twins. Oh, uh, one of them. Which one, Jocelyn or Monique? Yeah, I think it was Jocelyn. <laughs> they look they look very similar. It's hard to tell sometimes. But what was your reaction though when they got that shootout goal in the twenty eighteen uh, Olympics? That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was iconic. It was that was crazy. Now they recently just retired. Um, well, what was your reaction to that news, and were you surprised by it? No, I wasn't surprised because they both had kids, so I was like, it makes sense. They had a good career. Definitely, definitely. And what would you ask them during that lunch? I guess just how they got where they are. 
Yeah. Now, speaking of your teammates, uh, who is the funniest on the team? Definitely Tamara Theorist. <laughs> now, who has the best style on the team besides yourself? Hmm. I think that Rayanne Brayton, she has good style. Nice. And uh, what is your favorite app to be on? Instagram or Snapchat, probably. Nice. I'm more of an Instagram guy. I don't really use Snapchat that often. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe just me. Now, uh, if you could, ha- if there were be, if there was a documentary going to be made, what do you think there should be a documentary made of? Because there's a lot of cool things that I've been noticing that there's no documentary documentary on. So, what do you think? What would you make a documentary on? I'm just curious about that. Uh, I mean, I'm really into the crime documentaries, but. I feel like there's, I would like to see a, like a sports, a sports person, um, like a professional player, how they got there and like how they grew up and everything. Just I feel like there needs to be more of those. No, it'd be a cool one. I don't know if you remember this, but before every winter classic, they did this thing called 24 seven where they followed the two teams that were going to play in the winter classic. It was unfiltered. They went all behind the scenes. I think that'd be cool if they did that for a college hockey team, especially a women's college hockey team, since most people uh, it can give you guys exposure. And I think that'd be cool. Yeah, that would, that would be, that would be very cool. What would, uh, what would your, what, who do you think would be the best person in the documentary if they did it for UNH? Like who would be the funniest person or character? Definitely Tamara Theorist. She's pretty, she's a funny character. Now, if you could be a part of any TV show, what TV show would that be? Um, a TV show. Maybe a crime one. I'm pretty into those. Like Criminal Minds or something like that? Yeah. Nice, nice. What would you be? Would you be like a villain or like a detective? A detective, probably. Definitely, definitely. Now, final non-hockey question to you is if they were going to make a movie on your life, who would you want to play yourself? Hmm. Like one of my friends, someone that I know, or like a famous person? It could. Eh, let's do both. Do one of your friends and then do a famous person. I think that would be interesting. To play myself, I would probably uh, say my sister. She probably knows me the best, and um, she could act out some things that I – some things I usually do uh, – Famous person? Hmm, I have no idea. I haven't thought about that ever. All right, I'll ask you next time we have you on. But uh, back to some hockey questions now. My first one to you is, well, what should be done to help grow women's hockey, in your opinion? Yeah, um, I think there's a lot of things that could be done. I mean, um, just this year it's been it's been better. I mean, they've been streaming us on Nesson a lot. and um there's there's been a lot of media coverage over the COVID times because there's not as much going on so but just continuing that and growing that yeah and how has the mindset changed on women's hockey since you started playing um I think it's it's definitely gotten bigger it's definitely more serious to more people and people just take it more seriously yeah now um do you have any shout outs before we let you go to any of your friends family members or teammates I have to shout out my family, of course. Um, Dave Tooney, he's a coach that's helped me through a lot and got me to where I am today. Uh, Frank Burgraff um, and all my teammates that I've ever had. But yeah, and my dad, he was my he was my favorite coach. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Avery. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure getting the chance to meet and talk to you today. And 
stay safe and good luck uh, for their next season. I know we'll still be in touch. And I think you're a very underappreciated freshman, especially this year. And I think you deserve a little more recognition than you actually get. So I just want to let you know that. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I just wanted to say thank you so much to Avery for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I wish her nothing but the best moving forward with UNH in the next three years. I know she's going to do great things in that school. Now, obviously, I know some North Dakota fans might be listening to this podcast, and they obviously won the NCHC championship last night. However, I'll be talking about that more in depth on Friday's episode. However, I thought it was appropriate to mention that they did win since I assumed that a few North Dakota fans might be listening to this podcast. But just to let you guys know, I'll be talking more in depth about that championship win and about men's college hockey on Friday's episode. Now let's talk a little bit what has been going on in women's college hockey. So obviously the quarterfinal matchups are done. The semifinal matchups are set and the Frozen Four is set for women's college hockey. The Frozen Four matchups will be Wisconsin-Ohio State and Northeastern versus Minnesota-Duluth. So let's kind of recap what happened in the quarterfinals before we preview the Frozen Four, which will take place on Thursday. So in the first game on Monday, I believe, Robert Morris took on Northeastern. Northeastern won this game 5-1, to one, and they just played fantastic. This has been the story for Northeastern, just how well they've been playing throughout all their games. They obviously only have one loss in regulation, which came in the first game of the year. So Northeastern is just a juggernaut. They're a really good team. They have a lot of good depth, especially offensively. They're one of the best defensive teams as well. They have one of the best goalies in the country in Aaron Frankel. And it's going to be a really defensive matchup against Duluth, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. But just to recap this game, just a good game overall, especially by Chloe Ar, who had two goals. Um, Elena Mueller got a goal as well. So just a really good game by all their top players. Frankel played well and, and really earned their spot in the Frozen Four on Thursday or tomorrow I should say I'm recording this on Tuesday so I apologize but good game by them and I gotta give Robert Morris credit as well they played a really solid game I thought defensively they gave Northeastern some challenges however Northeastern at the end of the day just took advantage of some opportunities and got the big win and got those five goals which helped them make the Frozen Four which will be happening tomorrow so uh, that was It was a good game. I really didn't watch many of this game, honestly, because I was in school because the game was at 2 p.m., which I guess I'll talk about later. I don't know why they're putting these games out really in the afternoon, especially since there's a lot of people in school and at work. I think it would be better if they put it like maybe at 5 p.m. and then the other game at 8 p.m. just because I think more people will be able to watch those games if they put it out on those times that's just my opinion so I really couldn't watch much of this game but I was kind of watching some of the highlights and some of the box scores as well but Northeastern played well and they definitely deserved uh, this 5-1 to win now the next game that happened was Colgate played Duluth this was a very very close game however Minnesota Duluth won in overtime beating Colgate one to nothing in a very defensive battle of a game the one player that really stuck out to me was Emma Soderberg for Duluth. She's been outstanding this year. She's been one of the best goalies in college hockey this year as well, and she really proved it in this quarterfinal game. She really um, made some incredible saves and really helped Duluth get this victory. And then obviously Ashton Bell, uh, one of the best players in college hockey as well, uh, got that insane overtime goal, which was just a good play by her, how she just kind of took the puck and brought it 
drive to the net and got that goal. So it was a good game to watch, and Colgate played well. Uh, that's definitely they definitely gave Duluth their challenges, especially defensively. I thought they played a solid game, and I thought they got a lot of good offensive opportunities as well. But you know, Emma Soderberg really. Um, really played well and got those big saves and helped Duluth get the victory. So it's going to be, I think this Northeastern Duluth game will be very interesting to watch. I think it's going to be a very defensive game because I think the two, one that obviously, I, like I mentioned before, I think Emma Soderberg's one of the best goalies in the country. And obviously Aaron Frankel is one of the best goalies in the country as well. So that's probably potentially the two best goalies in college hockey are going against each other in this Frozen Four matchup. So it's going to be a kind of a defensive battle that I think that people might not expect. However, I have Northeastern win this game. I just think they, they, they're they just so good. They've been dominant all year long, and I just think they're going to find a way to win this game like they have been doing throughout the season. But it should be interesting how Duluth defends some of their top players, especially Mueller and Chloe Ar, who have been really dominant throughout the past few games. I think I'm interested to see how Duluth tries to defend those players and stop them from getting their offensive opportunities. So I look for players like Katie Knoll to have a big game and really step up and potentially try to give their team a victory. And for Duluth, I think I look at Clara Van Weeren. I think she brings a lot of depth offensively to Duluth's team, and I think she will be a huge role in this game against Northeastern if Duluth will win. However, my prediction is I think Northeastern will win. Now, the next uh, quarterfinal matchup that happened last night, or yesterday, I should say, is Providence played Wisconsin. Wisconsin played extremely well. I don't think, especially defensively, like, I don't think Providence registered a shot on goal until the second period. Like, that's just how good Wisconsin played. And obviously, Sophie Shirley got two goals. She's been one of the best players in college hockey as well. I've been, I've loved watching her play uh, this year. And they really beat a good Providence team. Like I said before in the last podcast when we were talking about uh, some of the teams getting in, I said Providence is a better team than people uh, give them credit for. And they, I thought they showed moments where they were really good, especially Sandra Abstrider, who I don't think gets enough credit of how good of a goalie she is. And she really played well uh, throughout this game. And in the final quarterfinal matchup, Boston College played Ohio State. Boston College got the first goal scored by Savannah Norcross. However, Ohio State kind of took over the game and scored three unanswered goals to beat Boston College 3-1. to one. Emma Malte had a great game, and they really played well against a decent BC team. And I really like the adversity that Ohio State has been showing throughout moments this year because there's been moments where they've been you know, trailing coming into the second or third period, and they've really showed up and gotten the lead back and won some of these games. And I think you saw some of that in the WCHA final, and you obviously saw it in tonight or last night's game versus Boston College. So it's going to be an interesting matchup versus Wisconsin. Ohio State has given Wisconsin a lot of trouble throughout the season, and I would not be surprised if they found a way to beat uh, Wisconsin in the Frozen Four, especially since Wisconsin obviously beat them in the WCHA finals a few weeks ago. So I think that loss will be in the back of some of Ohio State's players' heads, and that could definitely be a motivating factor throughout this game, which people might not be aware of. So I think it should be that should be a great game. I'm really excited to see what happens uh, regarding that. 
I think Wisconsin will still win at the end of the day. I think they've been very consistently good against some of the competition in the WCHA. And even though Ohio State has given them trouble, they've been pretty successful against them, finding ways to win those games against Ohio State. And I think defensively, if they can shut down some of Ohio State's top players, I think they have a good chance in winning this game. And that's just my prediction. And ultimately, we'll be I'll be interested to see who will make the national championship game and who will win this tournament overall. I ultimately think um, Wisconsin will probably win it. I've just been really impressed by them all year long, especially with some of the adversity they faced in the beginning of the year because of some of the COVID problems they had. So I personally think Wisconsin will win. However, I think Northeastern has a good shot of winning as well. Same with Ohio State and Duluth. I don't want to be surprised if one of those teams pulls up the quote-unquote upset in the Frozen Four, but there's really no... I don't think there's really like an upset in the Frozen Four since all four of these teams kind of deserve to be there. They're really good. So, But I'm interested to see um, what happens in these games. It should be fun. And, yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens. So that is my thoughts on the Frozen Four and uh, the quarterfinal matchups that happened in women's college hockey. I appreciate you guys listening to my thoughts on it. It really means a lot to me. I'll see you guys tomorrow with another great episode. And make sure to follow our social media accounts for updates on college hockey. I'll really appreciate it if you did that. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day and bye. Thank you. You, I've been trying hard to keep my cool. But when you need, there's nothing that I can do. When you're walking in, I know it's true I, it doesn't even matter how hard I try Cause when I hear your voice, my walls come down Boy, you are the only thing I want There must be a way I can make you see That if we fell in love, it would be so sweet But when it's you and me